Great to have you here again this evening. Uh, just to remind you, we're in a sermon series, um, and we're, we are, uh, we're talking about things that are new. So this is a new year. Uh, it's, as we said, the Lunar New Year uh, starting today, and we're looking at everything new. We've looked at new inspiration. We've looked at new motivation. We looked at the prayer, the Bible uh, last week, and today we're looking at new opportunities. And um, we are going to have a Bible reading, and then I'm going to introduce our uh, speaker for today. Uh, in fact, I, could someone get me the Bible? Could you pass me the Bible? Because the Bible's really helpful for Bible readings. Um, hang on a sec. Okay, fantastic. Are you even going to find the right place? Thank you so much. Uh, so it is Luke... 5, 1 to 11. Yes, great. Luke 5, 1 to 11. If you want to follow along, uh, you can. It's on uh, the screens as well. So here we go. One day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men and women. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Our speaker this evening is uh, Maddie, and Maddie is uh, with Isaac. Uh, they run a secondhand vintage uh, clothing company called Forest, and she's also training to be a vicar, and it's her first time preaching ever at St. Nick's. So please, will welcome Maddie? intro. <laughs> Thanks, Toby. That was great. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Oh, I can't see many of you. This is fun. Um, good evening and hello to uh, you that are watching online. You're really welcome. Hi, mum. Hi, dad. Um, <laughs> my name is Maddie, as Toby said, and yes, I'm at Vicar School uh, with my husband, Isaac, and we've been part of St. Nick's for about 18 months now, and it's a joy. Um, so thank you so much for having me to speak this evening. Um, so the topic that I'm going to be talking on is invitation, this new opportunity to invite this year. I brought along with me um, some invitations, actually, uh, that we're going to put on the screen um, of some events that I went to this weekend. Um, if we could do the first one, that'd be great. 
Here we go. Uh, this is my best friend Lydia's 30th party. Uh, I went to last night, and then we have some others as well. Uh, Marta's 40th on Friday night. I still have glitter coming out of my ears. Um, and then yesterday we had Floss and Cam's baby shower, um, who are part of our congregation here. And this one um, is actually, uh, it wasn't this weekend, um, but it was my niece's third birthday party a few weeks ago, which was just the best thing ever. Um, and I promise this isn't for me to tell you how popular I am. This isn't for me to just introduce myself as this popular person, but it's to get you thinking about when the last time you had an invite was. How did it make you feel? Are you excited about it? Usually, we kind of look forward to things um, as an occasion. Usually, I hope, we're excited about the invitations we receive. Why don't we just share with our neighbor, really quickly, 30 seconds, if you've had an invite this year already and what it was and whether you're excited about it. Quick, have a little murmur. Great. If we want to come back together, that would be amazing. Now, I don't know how you felt about it, but keep that kind of picture um, of invitation in your mind. And because I'm at Theology College, I thought I should probably give a little bit of context to our passage tonight. If you have the Bible verse in front of you, I just really encourage um, you to have it, if you can, whether it's on your phones um, or on your Bible. It would be great to have it in front of you because I really believe that Jesus can kind of talk, even if it's not through me, through the passage in front of you. But I'm going to give you a little bit of context. So in uh, the first century world where the disciples were kind of hanging out, that's where they lived. Um, following a rabbi um, was, kind of, was kind of part of the normal. Uh, when they were at schooling uh, back in the day, uh, kind of as you learned, I'm going to categori- categorize it into kind of three things. So up until the age of uh, 12, you would kind of learn your basic math, uh, maybe your Hebrew, your Greek. But you would also learn the first five books of what we call the Bible today, um, the Torah, And you would learn that off by heart, and then you would graduate from school at the age of 12. And if you weren't kind of clever enough, uh, you would then just go and work for your father. And so we see in this passage that the disciples are working for their fathers, which means they kind of got to the age of 12. um, And sadly, they could not progress to the next level. And the next level was to be a paid teacher. um, So you would then maybe be clever enough to learn the whole uh, of the Old Testament. And by the way, this was all oral, which I just was thought was really cool when I was uh, learning about this. So they didn't have it written down as we do today. And if the, the kind of best of the best learning that you would get then, if they thought that you were clever enough, you would go and follow a rabbi. You'd probably sit in front of someone super, super clever, um, and they would look at you and go, hmm, yes, you can become like me. That's kind of how I picture it. I'm sure it was a bit different to that. And you were invited to follow this rabbi around, to be with your rabbi 24-7. You would become like your rabbi. You would do the things that they did. You would sleep, walk, imitate them, become like your rabbi. 
And uh, let's put this into the disciples' context. When Jesus was calling the disciples, firstly, he shouldn't have really been calling them. They weren't clever enough to follow a rabbi. But he said, no, no, you, I want you. Come, be with me. Come, be close to me. Come and be like me. Come and do the things that I do. And so I'm going to use these to shape the rest of my sermon today. So first point is that there is an invitation from Jesus to the disciples. And that invitation is for us. And when we notice um, the disciples getting up, and something that I noticed when I've been reading this, is that when they get up to follow Jesus... They leave their fathers behind. And I was talking to um, Isaac's grandma about this over Christmas. And she said to me, isn't it amazing that Jesus provided for the fathers? And I thought, huh, I didn't even notice that before. His companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And I kind of picture it that the father's kind of going, where are you going? You're the rest of the work for my business. You know, this is, this is like Bree who works for us just leave, getting up and leaving me. I can just imagine the fathers being like, no, but then what Jesus does is he provides. And when I was reading about this is he actually gave them enough fish that was probably enough for their business to just run until they had passed away. And sometimes for us, invitation can kind of not necessarily be clear. So that I can imagine the fathers being like, what's going on? You know, why are these people leaving me? And I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, that was kind of similar I grew up um, in a Christian family, uh, a wonderful Christian family. Hi, mum. Hi, dad. And, uh, I <laughs> and I really did the stuff, you know. I went to um, youth group on a Friday, Sunday about three times, um, after school club on a Tuesday, Tuesday evening. It was great. I loved it. I loved my church. But I didn't quite understand what Jesus meant for me. And as Josh preached um, a couple of weeks ago, Jesus calls us to just abide in him. It's not necessarily about doing the stuff, but just being with him. And I believe that when we spend this intimate time with Jesus, he then gives us greater vision on the situations we might be facing. And as we see from the passage, um, Jesus calls uh, the disciples to spend time with him. And they start kind of walking like him, teaching like him, sleeping a little bit too much as we read through the rest of the scriptures. And sometimes when I read this, I think, oh my gosh, how cool are the disciples for just dropping everything and just getting up and going, you know? And actually, probably in hindsight, have read this and thought, that's really not for me. You know, I can't just let go of everything and leave everything, Jesus. How on earth am I supposed to do that? And uh, I grew up in an era, and I'm sure lots of us did, uh, where kind of overseas mission felt like the only thing I was supposed to do. And don't get me wrong, it's a brilliant, amazing thing. I just look up to people like Heidi Baker, Amy uh, Carmichael. They were kind of my, like, heroes but I thought it was about just doing that. I was just trying to get to the point where I could drop everything, move abroad, and tell everyone about Jesus. That was what I was striving for. And it just, something just wasn't working for me. I was like, why, you know, why? I can't, I can't understand. And uh, it wasn't until I was with my uh, old mentor, and she just said, you know the UK really needs to hear the gospel too, right? And I thought, oh, 
that's for me. And not only is it the UK, it's our friends, it's our family, it's our workmates, it's our uni friends. They all really need the gospel. And actually, I believe in this kind of post-pandemic era that we're in, they really need it more than ever. But the best part of it is that we don't need to do this on our own. Abide in Jesus. And actually, when Jesus kind of calls them out of the boats, it's not totally new to them. That is quite normal in that culture. It was probably new to the fact, like to the disciples, because they probably should not have uh, been called. But actually, Jesus was meeting them where they were at. He went to the place where they were working. Jesus wants to meet you where you are at. He invites you to come. It's not overwhelming. It's not unattainable. It's for all of us. And if you want to know more, catch up on Josh's talk a couple of weeks ago. It was just so brilliant. And so for, for this year, what is Jesus inviting us to? And I know for definite, the call for all of us is to follow him. But that's into love. That's into forgiveness. That's into grace. And when Jesus gives us this invitation, he gives it to us with delight. When we, I like to think when we invite people to parties that we're hosting, we want them there. And uh, Jesus is doing that to you. He wants to partner with you. And that's my second point this evening, is that Jesus wants to partner with us. And usually on an invitation, there's maybe the location, the time, you know, whatever. There's details on the event. And for the disciples, um, on the invitation, he said, fish for people. That was the details that Jesus gave. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've been um, invited to some things where the kind of the event didn't quite match up to the invitation that I had. So uh, I once had a text from a boy and um, <laughs> he said, oh, come on over. And I thought, oh, yes, I will. And um, I went round. This is when pre-marriage, I promise, when I was younger. Um, and uh, I went round and uh, I got there and there were three other guys there. And uh, they were playing Xbox and I sat and I watched it for four hours. <laughs> and um, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's what it feels like when Jesus asks us to get out of the boat, to lay down our nets. We kind of don't quite know what we're getting into. But firstly, when we look at the disciples, he's calling kind of the lowest of the lows, to be honest. He calls Matthew the tax collector that everyone hates. He calls all of us because he loves all of us, despite what we feel like we have to offer. And Chris Egito said last week something that really stuck with me. He said, in the kingdom of God, availability is better than ability. Come as you are. And at my niece's party that I said happened a few weeks ago, um, I, uh, one of my niece's friends kind of uh, arrived and they were holding a present that was, you know, too big for them. You can imagine this three-year-old kind of walking in like, like this. And uh, I say, Phoebe, that's my niece. I say, Phoebe, your friend's here, your friend's here. Um, and Phoebe starts running towards her friend. And I'm thinking, 
she's going to snatch that present. This is not good. And uh, she's running towards, I'm like, Phoebe, no, mm, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, she snatches the present. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Uh, She snatches the present, but she throws it to the ground and embraces her friend. I know. (laughs) It was a very humbling moment. (laughs) Me and my sister did, did shed a tear. But the point is, it's not about what we bring. It's about who we are. When we lay down our nets, Jesus embraces us. And like I said, when I gave my life to Jesus in um, the year of 13, it's because I didn't know what to do with my life. So I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give my life to you. And I got baptized. And I genuinely believe from that moment, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And actually nothing totally radical changed in my life. You know, it wasn't like I moved abroad, like these overseas missionaries I spoke about. It wasn't like I moved house or gave all of my money to the poor. Actually, just the Holy Spirit entered into me and has changed me and the way that I view things ever since. Stormzy, the rapper, released a song recently uh, called... We had some some nods over there. Um, Stormzy released a song called Holy Spirit recently. And uh, this is what he says about it in an interview. I wrote this song at a time when I was extremely in the presence of God. I could just feel it moving in me. Some people call it intuition or they call it the universe. But I know better than that. It's God. When we accept this invitation from Jesus to partner with him, to spend time with him, what's also on the invite is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come as you are, and Jesus will do the rest. And so finally, what does this mean for others? We have an invitation from Jesus. When Jesus calls the disciples, he says, you do need to fish for people. And uh, this doesn't quite literally mean that we grab our nets um, and we walk around outside church just trying to catch anyone we can. Um, There's a priest and a writer uh, called Barbara Brown who says she kind of imagines people at church hearing this and kind of going, okay, Saturday morning, yeah? See you down at the harbor. See you down at Bristol Harbor. Giving ourselves just another thing to do. And if, if you can let me nerd out on you, Again, the Greek word for fisher is alei, which was the Greek word for fisherman, but it translates as man of the water, which means it's not necessarily about our job and about what we do, but it's about who we are. It's about changing direction, maybe swimming in the right direction. And so how practically do we do this? I mean, Toby and the team shared some amazing um, ideas at the beginning. But actually, I know that a lot of us are kind of sitting in this weird culture at the moment. And it feels quite tough as the church to know what we do. And I've been reading um, recently uh, from a guy. He's an Australian pastor called Mark Sayers. And he writes this book, A Non-Anxious Presence. And uh, I'd recommend reading it. It's really interesting. I'd love to chat about it more uh, if anyone would like to. Um, But I went on his Instagram this week (laughs) because I was like, Mark, give me some inspo for my Sunday talk. And um, actually, he he did. Uh, So I'm going to read something that he uh, released on Thursday. And it's a series that they're starting today. And it says this. Uh, He said this. Have you ever sat down to watch Netflix? still to have not made a choice 45 minutes later. 
and also filled with just choice anxiety. This is me and Isaac every Sunday night after church. We literally sit there for 45 minutes and then go to bed. (laughs) This is what life is like today. Our problem is not the lack of freedom, but too much freedom. There's too many choices, and we become burnt out, and we become paralyzed. And at this moment, I think we need to rediscover the call of Jesus to follow him. And he said this this Thursday, the disciples laid down their nets, said no to many things, but said yes to following Jesus. And it feels super hard to know what that looks like at the moment. But Jesus says to the disciples, don't be afraid, for now you will fish for people. Don't be afraid, for now you will fish for people. And actually, I genuinely believe that our kind of committed yes to Jesus has the power to change lives around us. And uh, trust me, when I uh, ask people, um, when we say no, when people say no, if we ask them to church, if we kind of invite them to Alpha and they say no, uh, it can be pretty gutting. I asked someone um, if they wanted to come to Alpha this week and uh, they said no. And I thought, how annoying. I really wanted a story for Sunday's talk. (laughs) But actually, in the act of just laying down our nets, it's trusting that Jesus will do the rest. And it reminded me of a friend when I was younger. I think I just invited them to Sunday morning youth or something, and they said no. Um, And I thought, oh, gosh, okay. Um, But then a couple of months down the line, they said to me, are you ever going to invite me to church again? And I said, well, no, you said no. But they were like, I was just busy that Sunday. And I was so convicted. And sometimes, actually, the best invites that I've received, like I said, is when people want us to actually be there? What if inviting someone to church or to Alpha or even just telling someone tomorrow that you were at church yesterday was better than actually just doing the stuff? What if we actually wanted people to come and meet with Jesus? And like I said, I believe the gift of the Holy Spirit has the power to transform people's lives around us. As Toby said, we run a vintage clothing shop. Uh, We've got Brie and Abby and Fionn, who I think are here tonight, that work for us. And um, last year, so we're a Christian team, and uh, last year we did loads of pop-ups. And I can't tell you the amount of times that people walked into this dingy old garage with vintage clothing and said, something is different here. People are nodding because they're like, yep, I remember. Someone went straight up to one of our team and said, are you guys Christian? Because I can tell. When we change, it has the power to change people's lives around us. And it starts with us. It starts by saying yes to Jesus, laying down our nets and following him. And it's like having, um, I was praying with Flo last week and she said, it's like tasting a really good meal and then wanting to shout about it. It's like going to a wedding, being invited to a wedding, and then telling everyone it was the best wedding you've ever been to. These parties that I went to this weekend were incredible, and I've been telling everyone about it. That's what it's like in the kingdom of God. So let's think just for a moment. You know, why are you here today? Did someone invite you? Did you walk in uh, off the street? But for most of us, it's likely that 
the reason we're here today is probably the testimony of someone else in our life. Someone who was radically changed by Jesus that we were like, hang on, I see that in you. I see that. And so what if our kind of New Year's resolution, our new opportunity this year was not really about ourselves, but inviting someone else into the kingdom of God? And I do believe, like I said, in this kind of crazy time, this crazy culture that we live in, we need to get a bit creative. We need to use the gifts that God has given us. Come as you are. What is God inviting you to partner with him? For us and for Bree, it might be using forest, using a business to tell people about Jesus. For others... Um, It might be literally, like I said, kind of going to to uni tomorrow, going to work tomorrow, and uh, saying that you actually came to church today. It could be using TikTok, people. (laughs) It could be, is all I'm saying. What is Jesus inviting you to? And actually, these um, alpha flyers that we've got, these are physical invitations that you can give to someone else. They have all the words on it for you. You don't have to say anything. So to conclude, you are invited to be with Jesus. You are invited to become like Jesus, to partner with him. And finally, it's a joy, it's a delight to extend the invitation to others. I'd like you to invite you to stand as we finish, and I'm going to pray. And the truth is, um, the shape and the details of our invitation to others is actually just going to be shaped by the one who gives us the invitation initially. And uh, I'm going to finish with another quote from a guy called Tom Rayner in another book. (laughs) Sorry about all my books. Um, And uh, then I'll pray at the end. And he says this, as we enter this unknown era, we're uncertain about the specifics of what will unfold. But we remain certain that the God of all wisdom and all power will be with us every step of the way. After Jesus gave his disciples the Great Commission mandate, he reminded them that they were not going it alone. Be sure of this. I am with you. Always, even to the end of the age. We thank you so much, Jesus, that you have extended your invitation to us. Your invitation into love, into grace, into spending time with you. I pray, Jesus, that you would now be speaking to us for what that looks like for us as we come as we are. And I pray for a real thirst and a real hunger for your presence and your Holy Spirit here tonight, we pray. Would you come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you.